0: super talk mississippi media production hello ladies and gentlemen this is jamie Creel with shelter insurance come see how we have built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our switch and save located in ridgeland and florida mississippi give us a call 601-992-6000
1: this is rebecca turner and thank you for listening to the good things podcast here on super talk mississippi
0: it's mississippi's radio happy hour but i'm going and-
1: Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Will again today in the studio. And don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're always streaming, too, from your Supertalk Mississippi app. But, of course, you can find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And take your browser over to supertalktv.com, whether that's on your computer or your mobile device. You'll see I'm not alone in the studio today. I got a friend with me, a good old friend, Ms. Angela Mallett. the Director of Outreach at End It for Good. And man, they are inviting people to support approaches to drugs that prioritize life and the opportunity to thrive, which is all good things. Welcome back, Angela. Hello, my friend. We've been working on getting you back here, I don't know now, what, several months?
2: Yeah, it's been a couple of months before we could get our schedules to line up.
1: Because you moved, you left us from Central Mississippi, you headed to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Is it warmer down there most days of the week? It is a little warmer down there, but we've got that breeze You've coming in
2: from the gulf so it keeps us it keeps us pretty cool will this be your first beachy christmas or were uh, you there last well, year you know i grew up there okay so all the family's there and all my favorite people are there Um, So it's a coming back home. Yeah, it's a coming back home. I do miss Jackson. But luckily, work lets me come back up here and get to come hang
1: out with my Jackson friends. All right. That includes us here at Good Things. So, man, you've been busy. End It For Good has been pretty busy. So... Give us kind of an overshot of what you guys have been up to or still looking at. I mean, it's every time I see you, you're on the road, you're traveling. And so what you been up to? Yeah, we have we've
2: been all over Mississippi and all over the country. Really, the last couple of months, we went to a workshop uh, in New York and then. I went, I was invited to come speak at uh, a college out just outside of Dallas, Texas. And so we were out there in October. So we're just, you know, we're finding that there's lots of appetite for conversations around how we're handling drug policy in Mississippi. How are we helping people? How are we helping families kind of walk through rough periods and and which makes me happy because that's what we want. You know, we want That's where it starts is a, having the tough conversations, challenging old mindsets. Yeah. yeah. And so and really just giving people the ability to say, hey, we're struggling right now and we're scared, but we want we want to figure out a, a solution through this. And uh, I've been really blessed to get to. Have those conversations since back in the stand-up Mississippi days, you know when I first met you, yeah, we were traveling around and talking about like if you need treatment, if you're needing help, if you have a loved one struggling, here it is for you. and And that I feel like those efforts were started back then, and now it's just continuing through the work
1: of and that work is still going, but now it's just sort of at that next level where it's yeah. like, okay, we can all be grown ups and say maybe the way we've handled things in the past isn't exactly. Working in terms right. of slowing, stopping, or re- rehabilitating. So maybe we could try something different. Yeah, yeah.
2: Let's, let's try to, to zoom out and look at the bigger picture and see if we might get better results by trying things differently. And and one of the ways, and I'm excited to see that happening in Mississippi. Um, in, on the horizon for us is passing uh, and looking at looking at fentanyl testing strip legislation as we move into the session next year. Yeah, which is
1: coming up quick like in a hurry.
2: Yeah, like in two weeks. I know, it's Hello. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, fentanyl testing strip legislation is something I, I'm really excited to see the people in Mississippi talking about. You know, we did, um, we made Narcan available to the public years ago, and that's been really pivotal in
1: saving lives. Do y'all have data, and I'm throwing you under the bus, is there data on how many lives who may have been saved, or may you may never know how many could potentially have been saved by have, making that available? I am sure that number is out there somewhere. No, that's fine. Yes, you were not prepared
2: with that yet. It is not at my fingertips. So the Department of Health has a, a collaborative effort with MBN and Mississippi Public Health Institute and Department of Mental Health, and it's called the Mississippi Opioid and Heroin Data Collaborative. And they are great they they track all of those stats, and I know they have on there the number of naloxone administrations um but what that number is, I can't quote it. At no
1: this that's moment. fine yeah no, no but the lives are being saved that's the that's yeah. the bottom line yeah
2: and so uh, another way that we can help you know mitigate the loss of life and mitigate the opioid overdose crisis is through fentanyl testing strips and um, I'm happy to see that there's there's lots of Support for that through our state agencies and then people in the legislature. So we want to help get the information out about fentanyl testing strips over the next few months. If people have questions about it.
1: I would, what is, is how, it? How, how, does is it? it how does it work? Yeah, all those, the, yeah. you know, those basic things. I mean, I guess I kind of understand, but walk us through how it would be a helpful tool for our community.
2: Yeah. So it's, it's very low tech techno You know, low technology. It's very simple. Um, it's just a little strip of paper almost like the pregnancy test you know it's one little strip and you dip it into liquid and you'll see if one line I think one line is positive two lines is negative Um, but the way that it works is you would you know whatever substance you were questioning like does this have fentanyl in it or not you would need to get residue from that substance put a a drop of water and then put the fentanyl testing strip in it and it will tell you but then a few seconds whether or not there's fentanyl detected and that's really helpful nowadays considering how many counterfeit pharmaceuticals are just infiltrating the drug supply and you know and it's not with the cartels using fentanyl and putting it into counterfeit pharmaceuticals it's not just opioids you know they found the presence of fentanyl and and th- counterfeit adderall and all kinds of other medications so um, we want to make sure that tools like these fentanyl testing strips are available for law enforcement to use when they need them but also you know college kids who as much as we don't want to admit it there's a lot of stuff that goes on on our college campuses and when right. our kids are sowing their wild oats and uh, we want to make sure that that whatever's available to test, like, hey, this might be really dangerous or contaminated. We want to make sure that they have. And I
1: can feel, I can feel the the argument from you know, even when you mentioned college kids, like parents saying, you know, that's the same argument with birth control or condoms being made available or whatever it is. Well, if you you know, you're just opening the door for them to you know go out. Yeah. I'm like. Sweetie, if your if your daughter's getting or son's getting fentanyl testing strips, they're are, they're already beyond the, the threshold, right? It's not like oh, we've got these strips now. Let's go. Let's now start a bad habit. I mean, or an unfortunate habit. And so that's not going to stop someone from or start someone taking right. that next sleep, right? Like it's not. That's not how it works.
2: And you know, there's there's also new technology coming out. Um, I was reading recently about fentanyl and cocaine testing wipes. So there's a company out of Florida who is um, testing a, a product right now with local law enforcement that they're just wipes, and they allow they can detect the presence of fentanyl, of cocaine, or methamphetamine. And so it's a, a far less evasive way to test if there are contaminants, whether it's on a surface or, you know. Because uh, for our law
1: enforcement, it's a safety issue for them as well, correct? Correct. So um, I hope that,
2: that we see in whatever legislation passes here in Mississippi, I hope it will include the testing strips, but also be broad enough to allow for any other technology that might come to market over the next few years.
1: Is there already a law out there, or already written up? Are y'all hoping that? I don't know how all that works. So yeah. <laughs> I think someone has to, you know, support it or or propose it or whatever it may be. But or is there any out there? Are we hoping that they pick it up?
2: Yeah, there's there's some people working on it and Sponsors, and interested interested in sponsoring it. And then we've got some great examples to go by. Um, numerous other states have have passed drug checking bills. Um, The one that did it most recently was Pennsylvania. They had what started out as a fentanyl testing strip bill and they said, you know what, we want to be able to include any type of testing technology, whether it's a wipe or a strip or a spray. And so they, they tweaked their bill a little bit and passed a drug checking bill that says in the state of Pennsylvania, anything that's used to test for the presence of a dangerous narcotic Is allowed.
1: So that just makes it not part of the paraphernalia? Correct. So, like, it's not that the state would be buying it and then supplying it, except for maybe law enforcement, first responders, or whatever. It would be if you or I wanted to purchase them and we had them on us, then now we're not held liable for them. Correct. Oh, that's correct. I don't see any bad for that. Yeah. Well,
2: I think they're a good thing, and and they it's certainly helpful in states where they're passed. Um, they're able to get those out to families, to people in the community who need them, to yeah. college campuses. So, well,
1: I think that's a good thing. We'll definitely keep our eye on that. Okay. We're going to continue our conversation with Angela because I know you got you on a few other good things yeah. you want to share with us. Coming up next.
0: You
1: don't sweat at that one. You just. Oh, yeah. I don't know. You're not some. in a good spirit. <laughs> The fact that it's Friday, you can watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Head on over to supertalktv.com. We're continuing our conversation with Angela. She's director of outreach at End It For Good. And, but you also, you know, you get to travel the state as part of your job. I think it's really cool. You get to travel everywhere. Did you ever think you would be jet setting Angela? No. (laughs) No. Where's your, where's the strangest place your job's taken you in terms of like location or state or place? Hmm. Let's see.
2: In Mississippi, I love to go. I love Collins. Yeah. I do. I love There's I found this little antique shop, right, in the little main yeah. downtown strip of Collins. And and so now I just go there for the antique shop. But I do love to go to that little community and I stop by there a lot as I travel up and down 49. Um Nationally, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go to New York. I have to say New York. That was a pretty spectacular trip last yeah. month. And, uh, our hotel was like right across from MoMA. And so I went in there, got to go to St. Patrick's Cathedral, and I, I'm, I'm going to have to go with New York on that one.
1: I'll give it to you. That's a, That would be a pretty cool trip to the fact that, you know, um, especially just knowing that the people, again, you said were um, hungry for this kind of conversation. I think you just were thirsty. To me, it's definitely a good thing. And there's a lot of people that are also trying to help certain communities. You see it all the time, doing their own way of trying to connect and, and remember that these individuals are people and mm-hmm. try to help them get their life back and thrive and so what have you seen good out there Angela
2: there's so many good people in Mississippi doing just just compassionate work and and fun work and so I wanted to just tell you about a couple of them today yeah Um, I know you have had the shower power ladies on here yes but somebody may not Remember, so Shower Power was started here in Jackson, Mississippi, by two ladies, Miss Teresa Rinkenberger and Marianne
1: Kirby. You get her last name so much better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Is she going to go for it or not?" Yeah, I did. did I went it? for it, <laughs> Teresa. I hope I did it right.
2: Uh, but they're they're just doing such great work uh, for. The communities that are struggling in Jackson, you know, they they have their now their whole warehouse and the shower mobile shower unit available. And it's in downtown and everyone gets to go there on Fridays and eat and they have shower days. And just the outpouring of support that they've gotten from other businesses and people in the metro area is just remarkable. And and so what they're doing is harm reduction work, right? They're meeting people who are in the midst of a struggle, meeting them where they are, and they're saying, hey, look, no judgment here. Just come get a shower. We just want we just want to judge. We're not asking. You don't got to sign. You don't got to commit to anything. Just come and be loved. And they do it so well, and I'm so proud of those ladies. But there, there's also another group down in Biloxi who I've gotten to know since I moved back to the coast, and that's at Back Bay Mission. Um, Bag Bay Mission has is, is been kind of a staple on Division Street. I mean, I remember it being there when I was a kid, but I just thought it was like a soup kitchen. I did not realize uh, the, how, just how many services and how many goods they're providing to the indigent population uh, until I moved back last year and I started volunteering there. And I've gotten to know the directors, um, James Pennington and Sarah Smith, and they just have... They just work tireless, tire, tirelessly to help people who are struggling. And sometimes help looks like getting them a motel room. Sometimes help looks like getting them a new pair of socks. Sometimes help looks like giving them Narcan, you know, so they can come back next week. And um, people who are doing that like hard, gritty, thankless work. I I want I just love them. I want to support them. I want to like how can I help you do the thing that you're doing?
1: Um, because it's definitely a calling and it takes a special person to work with a population that you can feel like man it's just such an uphill battle because there's just so many pieces to their story that you have to be have to be addressed before they can have quote-unquote a normal life right yeah. like it's not always just about uh, substance abuse there's other usually other there's mental health, health, health going on. layers and everything else and so those organizations like shower power and Bat bay that have figured it out for their communities because the community here in central is going to be different than the community there, you know, on the coast, and the connections are different. Um, you know, if you don't feel like you know how to help, you just help them keep doing what they're yeah. doing, right? Like, and so I feel like that's that's our piece. That's our, you know, the good Samaritan. You you fill your gap. You fill the gap that you can feel, and then it will be the torch will be passed on in other yeah. ways. Like, yeah, that's how it yeah, and just made. I
2: kind of stood in that gap for a little while, kind of like I, I want to help, but. Do I go do I need to go start like my own little mm-hmm. outreach thing or do I do I go and uh, help over here and I finally just re- realized like I am best I am best serving my community by helping the people at Back Bay do what they need to do whether that's like can I help write a grant can I help get you some supplies can I do a fundraiser with my friends at my church and we'll come bring it to you guys you know there's all kinds of ways that um, you can be a piece of the puzzle yeah, we don't have to start a new thing from scratch no. we just find the people doing the good work and be like
1: hey and the proof me... is in the pudding yeah yeah the proof is definitely in the pudding so if you get connected and then i, I also challenge anyone who has their own opinions about those that are living without permanent housing or or be called homeless to get involved with some of these organizations stay and i know we, we hit up the central and the south i know there's organizations in the north east and west as well um and just get to know what they're doing and the individuals they were it will i i have i've helped with with shower volunteered on site and it'll mm-hmm. change it'll it is life changing. it is it, i mean it really is and so it opens it softens your heart for for what you think you know about those individuals you don't know yeah and in tupelo there's another organization called mute m-u-t-e-h
2: and in tupelo they're serving the same population in the northeast corner of the state yeah going to shower power uh i took my daughter there last year yeah last january and took her you know she stayed out from school we drove up and went and volunteered and served food and stella packed clothes bags for people at shower power and she has talked about that rebecca mm-hmm all year long. She came back to school. She was in first grade then. She told all you know her teacher about it in first grade. And now she's in second grade and she's told her classmates about it and she wants to do it again. And so, you know, Just take, get connected. Get connected and take your kids. Yeah, take show your kids. Them, for show sure. them
1: what it looks like to do for others. For sure. And then one small way, small way, mm-hmm. leading into the pocket. Museum there in Hattiesburg that you adore so much.
2: Okay. Pocket Museum. If anybody's listening and you guys have not gone to the Pocket Museum in Hattiesburg, you are in for a treat. Please go. Take your kids. It is such a fun little obscure hidden away gem. Um, it's this little alleyway in downtown Hattiesburg that a precious lady named Vicki Taylor and her husband, um, They, her husband works for the city, and they said, you know what, we're going to try to turn this little alleyway into something fun. And they've created this little pocket museum, and the installations change every month. They have artists from all over the country who come, and they change out the installations. They've done murals by local artists there. Last year, they put up cameras so they can track how many people come in and out last year. They just started it during COVID, so in 2020. Um, But in 2021, they had over 150,000 visitors. That's cool. And right now they have this incredible Christmas exhibit with like fake snow and it's in music. Where do you find it? Wonderful. I know it's in Hattiesburg, but where? It is in downtown Hattiesburg. So the old part of Hattiesburg right off of Main Street. Uh, It is the alley behind the Sanger Theater. Gotcha. And so if you just type in Pocket Museum on Google or your, you know, phone or whatever, it'll, it'll take you to it. But it's such a treat. Stella loves it. We go, uh, you know, as often as we can because they change the exhibits out. So...
1: So frequently, it's new every time we go. It feels like yeah. it's whimsical and magical. It, it would is. Be, and, then, and then, too, you hit my 80s heart with poly, poly, poly pocket-sized yes. sort of things. And They're so good. They are. Something about it just being miniature, it just feels, again, whimsical comes to mind for that.
2: Yeah, and they put
1: them in the funnest
2: places. You know, there's like a drain pipe coming out of one old building, and they'll they'll put a little scene down there, you know, and like painters and painting a house inside the drain pipe. And then there's a, a railing going down to a parking garage and they always, you know, put a little figurine on top of that. So it's fun hide-and-seek kind of thing for the kids to do. Well, it's been fun catching up with you, Angela. Where can can
1: we keep up with all things End It For Good? At enditforgood.com and find us on social. Just search End It For Good. I know you'll be back up this way for the session. You're going to pop back in and say hi? Oh, yeah. I'll be back. Well, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to you, Rebecca. Alright, you guys stick with us. we got Movies with Tanya coming up next.
0: Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: All right, Will, we need some celebration music button or something for good things because we have breaking news that is right in line with a celebration. Where you got me? Rhonda would have me something. Drum roll. Something over there. Well,
3: I'm. Oh,
1: we need Rhino back. But Derek and Greenwood. I'm
3: the bullpen. I, I'm, I'm not a starter.
1: <laughs> Derek and Greenwood said, "Your show is good things. Yes, it is. So yell from the rooftop that UMC and Blue Cross reached a deal." Yes. Woo-hoo-hoo. There's a lot of families and just a lot of grown adults that are just like, "Well, thank goodness that spat is over." Or it's probably not over, but at least we have come to an agreement. So there are a lot of families that are. Very Excited about that, oh, so yeah. You were right on, Derek. It that deserved a drum roll. And there's a
3: story on supertalk.fm about it. Yeah, it just broke, and uh, everybody's happy.
1: Everybody's happy. Somebody's not, nobody got exactly what they want <laughs> in, the, in those type of things. But there's a lot of uh, families out there that are that are exactly that are happy. But we're happy that it's the weekend, it's going to be cold, it's going to be a perfect time to get out to the movies. So, Tanya, what's out there? Yeah, there's oh, this one the big, big one. one. Yeah, it actually started last
4: night. Uh, Of course, it's Avatar, The Way of Water, Um, and this one has been in the making. Of course, we know about the original one that was like 14 years ago now, I think, Um, and this sequel has been planned. In fact, they have like a series of five films planned, Um, but there just was delay after delay for various reasons, and one of them was because they had to develop the technology for them to film underwater scenes. And so it comes out today. It's already out there. So some listeners maybe have already seen it. I uh, did not get to see it because we had our Christmas party last night and I didn't have a spare 12 hours. Is it 12 hours? (laughs) I was like, oh, my gosh! It's it's three hours and 15 minutes. So by the time you add, uh, you know, previews, which I can't miss those. I love them. Um, That's four hours. Yeah, years. you're talking about a big commitment of time. Is but it the
1: same I, price for the ticket?
4: Yeah, it yeah. is. Now, this one is on IMAX, too, and the IMAX screens are usually a little bit more. But, yeah, so they had to develop this technology so that they could film, use that uh, mo- motion capture technology underwater. And some a fun fact that has come out of the press this week – You know, promoting this movie, Kate Winslet joins the cast this go round, and she held her breath underwater for eight minutes. She beat Tom Cruise. Yeah, so she beat Tom Cruise's record. And there's people all, of course, we're talking about movie making. People are chiming in. Yes, will. She military. held her breath. Yeah,
3: she held her breath for eight minutes. She couldn't and, hold her breath and holding, while Leo was on <laughs> needing room on that door,
1: and while holding like her little st- st- stunt move or whatever
4: while she's in yeah. her little outfit. Uh, yeah, somebody said that uh, Leo held his breath forever. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but um, anyway, so just really exciting. I I feel a hundred percent confident. If you like the first one. You're going to like this one. It's just more of the same. And this one, the family, um, you've got Sam's family that are together. And there's like another group of the blue people thingies. I forgot what they're called.
1: Okay. I wouldn't remember, it, But um, you've been around me way too yeah. long.
4: They, they're coming in, and it's a little bit of a threat and, you know, all that good stuff. There's got to be a little drama to it, yeah. Yeah, but I'm really excited for it to finally be out because I'm so tired of, of seeing the preview. I saw where I think it's like it's got to make $2 billion just to break even. Yeah, yeah. And I think by the time they release it globally... They'll get there probably, but, I mean, yeah. James Cameron is the director who also directed Titanic, and he's known for big budgets and going over budget. You know, Titanic was supposed to be a disaster um, in more than one way um, because he went so far over budget and they had problems, and nobody really anticipated it to be the hit that it was. Well, so. hopefully
1: he'll at least break even.
4: Yeah, I'm sure he will. I think he'll be just fine. Uh, but Sam Worthington is back and Zoe um, Saldana. So great cast as usual. Sigourney Re- Weaver is actually back in this one, but a different character from the first one. Um, and, of course, I already mentioned Kate. So great cast definitely a good one to to get out of the cold for a long time <laughs> if you like it i yeah. saw
1: where the original was also playing on um tv i think probably a few, yeah a few places
4: yeah i think i saw it It might have been netflix i noticed it or it could have been hulu but yeah it's out there so if you uh that's what i want to do i want to watch the first one again you gonna dedicate and then go so, yeah it's like A whole weekend. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so the Critics' Choice Association that I'm a part of, our nominations came out this week. And for Best Picture, Avatar was on the list. Um, So in addition to that, we've got Babylon, which comes out next week on the 23rd. Um, Elvis. Everything, everywhere, all at once. The Fableman's, Glass Onion, which is the Knives Out mystery R R R, which is a foreign language film. Tar. Um, most of these haven't come out yet.
1: Well, there's uh, not much yeah. time left.
4: <laughs> and so, um, Tar is the one. It's um, Kate Blanchett, and she's like a manic kind of orchestra leader. Um, and then, Top Gun Maverick got a nomination. Women Talking, and the Banshees of Ennis Sher- Sharon. Um, so a long list a lot of these are coming out next week and the following week I did look up the rules on Oscars and it has to be released for a week in Los Angeles before December 31st Gotcha. so, so that's how they're landing nominations because most of the cre- critics live in New York and LA so they, they get to go see them do you know who you're voting for? I, I've got it narrowed down to two what uh- do you look for? Uh, Just pure enjoyment. I mean, you know, if I enjoyed it, if I... It's because I'm not going to enjoy it if it's a bad movie. You know what I mean? So um, just the overall good acting, good script, um, and just fun
1: to watch. Do your biases towards the actors or actresses in real life go sway your opinion?
4: You know, it really doesn't. I think I've always done a good job, like, you know a lot of actors are political and I really check that out when I go watch a movie um, and try
1: to forget that. I do with Tom Cruise because as a person. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he was really great in Top Gun. I don't know if I'd see another one of his movies, but um, you know, he's, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, he just, uh, just whatever my Cheerios, but yeah. Well, this the thing is, today,
4: but... he, I mean, he does not make a bad movie. He does, and so it, if if he's in it, it's worth seeing. Um, and then, yeah, so for families next week, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish comes out. Um, I've seen it, and it's adorable. I mean, I, I love that character anyway. Um, but in this one, he's, you know, how cats have nine lives. Well, he's used up eight. So he's got to figure out a way to to get some more wishes. Um, but I thought it would be fun. I've watched, I'm maybe ashamed to say this, but I have watched every new Hallmark Christmas movie that has come out this year, <laughs> which is why You're I don't have time to lot. go see Avatar. But, uh, I thought I would mention okay, so we know they're all cookie cutter, they're all the same, but there's a few that I think stand out. Um, and I wanted to mention them. Um, the first one is Inventing the Christmas Prince. It's got Tamara Mowry, and it is adorable. It is a really, really cute, feel-good movie. Um, Three Wise Men and a Baby sounds kind of hokey, but it was really cute, and they kind of go deep, I mean, for a Hallmark movie. Um, And then A Holiday Spectacular. This is the movie about the Rockettes, or the real Rockettes are in it, but, of course, it's a fictional story of a really rich girl Who has to kind of go behind her family's back to be a rocket.
1: I saw someone say they want a Hallmark slash Life, whatever movie. Well, Lifetime would probably do it, but it's like where she leaves her lumberjack boyfriend in the woods and heads off to the city for a life by herself. (laughs) It's it's usually like some great like some great job. Like it's completely reversed because usually it's the you know they leave from the from the city hectic life and then they find themselves in the country you know wearing plaid or
2: yeah.
4: (laughs) Well, you know they've got the bingo cards and it's like it's either the the big city girl goes to the country or the country boy comes to the big
1: city. Hey, you know what? If they keep tuning in for it, then obviously (laughs) you keep cookie-cutting it, and they're going to... Yeah, yeah.
4: It's so fun, because they're all rated G, and so you can just have them on, and you don't have to worry about kids walking through the room, and and I like that. And you don't really have to pay attention. You can just kind of have it on and do other things and kind of follow what's going on.
1: I enjoy that. Someone asked, what was the Will Smith movie called?
4: (laughs) Um, Emancipation, Emancipation. and it's out, right? Yes, and it's gotten great reviews. But it got
1: snubbed for the Golden Globes, didn't it? Yeah,
4: it did. And it's all because of what happened at the Oscars. Well, keep your hands to yourself. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, if we get out there and enjoy a movie, you let us know. If not, we'll see you next week. Oh, well, we'll we'll see you sometime next week. Yeah, because of Christmas. Yeah, it's like right (laughs) around the corner. All right, y'all, stick with us. We got more up next.
0: Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk, Mississippi.
1: Welcome back to Good Things. We are streaming live over at Supertalk.fm. Santa will be working around the clock this Christmas and he'll be listening to Super Talk and Mississippi Christmas with Steve Azar returns here on Super Talk Mississippi starting December 23rd. That's next Friday, y'all. And it will start at 1 p.m. Steve will play hours and hours of Christmas classics and tunes from Mississippi artists plus Christmas memories from Steve's celebrity friends. And on SuperTalkTV.com, you can enjoy the music while the Yule log doesn't roar in the background.
3: It fake not roar. roar. It's a fake roar. It's a f- I don't know if it's a real one. Somebody videoed it and there you go.
1: It is kind of neat, though. I mean, there's a lot of folks that put that log up during this time of year just so it's like you have a fire, but you don't have a fire. But can we all agree it's official fire season? Maybe not light your house on fire, but <laughs> like <laughs> a lot will be building fires for the first time this weekend. Even I thought about cold. getting a few logs just to, like, have it to look at because we have an actual uh, wood-burning fireplace where we're oh, at. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. And so we haven't had one in several years, and so I just love the smell, the crackle, the, all oh, the things. Oh, And some, But did you grow up with it?
3: Yes. We had – that was pretty much all we had growing up. So like, you had to cut wood in the summer because otherwise – You'd freeze your butt off in the winter if you didn't. Uh, But I remember that. It was an old Ashley wood stove is the name brand of it. I can still picture it right now. And I remember taking out the ashes for it and putting wood in in it. And (laughs) the smell of it, it just, there's nothing that replaces it.
1: Daddy had an insert, or I guess we had an insert, but Daddy had an insert put in when we moved. And that thing, y'all... Like, when it gets going and roaring, like, really gets going, and, of course, I mean, you would shut off all of the doors to the rest of the house because you were trying to heat, like, the living room or the main kitchen or whatever area, and then you would be, like, half naked by the time, you know, it really got up and roaring, Uh and then you had to go tinkle or maybe you want to go back to your room, and then you walk through the hall and you're like <laughs> I mean the the way that it would sort of insulate the heat was just you know sort of insane and um, my mom was always a terrible sleeper and so in the middle of the night it was her thing she would get up to you know get water or whatever it is that she was doing and she'd put a few logs on the fire and so when you woke, woke up you woke up in a cold room and then you would walk into the middle of the house and it would be warm wow. and sort of cozy and so even when we had a wood-burning fireplace um, we never used it for heat, like for the main source of heat. That kind of left with my childhood home. We don't I mean, you know, you turn on the heater and mostly you don't want to have to get up in the middle of the night and deal with it. I mean, it's something that you it have to It is a hassle. Attentive.
3: It's not fun. One one time, you know how much I hate snakes. Uh, one time we were bringing in some wood to put in the heater and there was a copperhead attached to one of the logs that we were bringing in. Uh, and it bit my mother on What's? her shoe. But it, so it didn't go into didn't go into her foot, and we had to kill it. And I was scarred for life, obviously after that. Uh, so yes, yeah, so it does. It's you don't have to deal with that when you just turn your heater on on your nest thermostat or no, something.
1: no, or you have your. Um,
3: I can do it from my phone now. You know, it's oh so advanced.
1: Lord, um, or you turn on your um, oh gas or whatever yeah. uh, propane fireplace, which I will say, the house that we left, the most bougiest thing about it. And I was so excited when we moved in; it had its own remote. Uh, now I know you can probably do it from your phone now, but you could just sit back on the couch. And I used to, I used to tease my daddy and sending videos of me just <laughs> clicking on my fire because it would be a whole thing. You'd have to, like, you know, I grew up with you. Also, part of the process was you would roll the Sunday paper up, and it all you had a big stash of like the rolled up paper for yeah. to getting it to start. I can remember coming in from um, whatever it was the activity when it's cold and mom's over there doing her best to try to get the fire, you know, started. God bless her, and then she had to cook and, you know, do all the other things and and I was just took my remote and was like <laughs> 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 But I mean, it's just different stages and sort of phases and each have their have their pros and sort of their cons but i do feel like man this weekend and leading up to next week it's the best time to sort of just have that fire even if it's for uh for show i saw where luke johnson shared in laurel he took a screenshot and sent it to me that we could it by his by his calculation unless it's change we might could have an actual white christmas here in mississippi and i think that would be very if it's going to snow I would appreciate it being, you know, on Christmas. Have you ever had a white Christmas?
3: You know, I'm trying to think. I'm, I remember one, but it it's so rare. It must have been years ago. I'm sure there was one more recent memory, but I just can't remember it. Was it last year that it was so Our warm? Our guest
1: yesterday said in 2010, he's now in the Starkville-Sturgis area, if you remember that conversation, Mr. Jenkins, the goat uh-huh. farmer, that we they had so if you're in Startville area you had a dusting on Christmas Day 2010 of snow so I don't think it was like a white Christmas
3: yeah
1: I do not remember have ever having a white Christmas in Mississippi and I've been here for all this will be a 39th you know so but
3: this will be a great one to end on like, so This I think will be on 23rd uh, Rebecca uh, did you live out of lie. state
1: for 20 years No I
3: did not I've lived here my entire life. <laughs>
1: Winter ain't that long. (laughs) All right, stick with us. You got more coming up next. You got the boys with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here Monday at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things.